Hello and welcome to another episode of the Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host, Joe Fair, joined alongside by my producer slash co-host, Joe Thiessen. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of 9 out of every 10 dentists' favorite football podcast. <laughs> what about the 10th one? The 10th one? We haven't found him he yet. He listens to Mike Up. <laughs> yeah, he listens to Mike Up. He's a big Josh Allen guy. Oh, this is the Mike Up podcasting. Before we get into the show, I did also forget to shout out Mike Up podcasting on the last episode. So uh, we borderline severed ties with each other. Oh, so no. before you listen to our, well, after you listen to our show, make sure that you checked up, check out Miked Up Podcasting with Billy, Nick, and Mike. Uh, fantastic podcast. Great group of guys. Uh, and, you know, after you're done listening to this show, check their show out. You know, it's not quite... It's, no, I'm not going to say that. It's good. It's, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, guys. No, it's fantastic. They're big Josh Allen guys. They really rub it in my face. Uh, but, yeah. We got a lot of football to talk about this week. A lot of, a lot of stuff. We're going to actually hit the news mm. at some point today for the first time in a couple of weeks. Did they? Uh, did the guys talk about um, our boy last Bisky? on their last episode? Mm. How he pooped This last bed? week feels like a blur. I did listen to the, to the episode, and I, I can't remember much if they did. I, I think they might have talked a little bit. Not enough, obviously. Nobody talks <sighs> yes. about him enough. Mm-hmm. But we'll get into Bisky at some point because... We'll see how the Chicago Bears did without our boy in the starting lineup. But before we get into football, Joe, you got anything, you know, any sort of banter you want to start with at the beginning of the episode? You I know? actually have a really good uh, a question. This is this is not really funny at all. Okay, <laughs> that's re- good to hear. It's extremely serious. Okay, <laughs> um, would you mm. rather have a horrible job but be able to retire comfortably in 10 years or have your dream job but have to work until you're 65? Mm, I would I would do I would do the latter. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Think about it for a second. Yeah. Okay. So Let the me... latter meaning the second, or the latter meaning meaning work till I'm sixty-five. Really? Sixty-five is not that long. That's just a normal retirement age. Yeah, I know, but but you're doing what you love, right? That's what you said. It. Think about it. Horrible job for ten years. You retire comfortably. Years is then a you long get to time. do your dream job as mm. a hobby mm. for the rest of your life. Yeah, but that was not part of the question. That's inferred. No. Retiring. Well, what are you going to do when you retire? Just sit exactly. on your Exactly. That's your why I didn't want to do the first one. What are you going to do when you're retired? It's going to be boring. So I was like, why not just Hobbies. do my dream, and dream job? And side hustles. Side hustles. It's all drugs. Pyramid maybe. schemes. Pyramid schemes. <laughs> one after the other. Tupperware parties. <laughs> Stuff like that. Stuff that Tupperware. you do when you're retired and a woman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Things like that. I didn't think. I honestly didn't think you'd say that. Well, actually, you know, I'm starting to think about it more and more. I mean, they, I think they're both good options. Both <laughs> yeah. good options. I think. I think about both. I, 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 uh, I would, you know, I would say, ten years is a long time, man. Okay, but think about it. Ten years, you're gonna be 35, 34, mm. 33, 30. Excuse me. Turning 33. Yeah. Turning 30. You're not even 33. I'm not even you're 30. Not even, I'm not even not definitely not 33 <laughs> yet. In 10 years, I will be. Wow. Yeah. Sorry that I thought you were 25 for a second. Yikes. <laughs> extremely embarrassing. Yeah, that would be extremely embarrassing. No, to be 25. 10 years, I would be 29, which is when I plan to be in my peak. So yeah, you would be literally in your peak, or or you know on the downward. No, I plan trend. to be peaking. <laughs> you plan to be peaking at yeah. 30. Yeah. 30. 30 is when I have planned. I've already given up. I think. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like... Deterioration. I feel like I'm at my peak right now. Like, this is the peak. I think I have maybe a couple years to go. Maybe when I'm your age. (laughs) (laughs) You're as old as me. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, you know. I I shouldn't say that right now is my peak. I definitely don't feel like I'm in very good shape right now. Oh. I didn't even realize it today until... You could be in your peak is what you're saying. I could be in my peak if I gave any effort. Yes. You know? But uh, I haven't, haven't done that. I didn't even realize how much I feel like a piece of garbage until today we were oh, talking no. about, uh, at work, we were talking about athleticism or whatever. And now I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, I don't feel like I'm in very good shape right now. Mm. Like normally, you know, I'm in okay shape. You know, I could like run. You play sports at least once a week. Like, yeah, I do. Like play not competitively. Sport. I mean, pick up. You yeah. Know. I play in the NFL once a week. <laughs> once, once a week. week. And it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. Uh. But uh, yeah, I'm not. It's not so much anymore because I didn't play baseball this summer because COVID canceled the whole world. Oh, you're rice. So, yeah, I am rice. Uh, right. So I, yeah, I feel like I'm. Feel like I was in my peak and then I lost it. COVID took that just along with everything else. Mm. You know. No, I get that. 
I do get that. So you you don't even think that you're even close to your peak. Well, I'm thinking about it more and more, um, I feel like I'll be there in three years. Well, technically, technically speaking, uh, if you're on the up, would you say you're on the upward trend right now? No, I think that you're born just to die. That's a human curse. <laughs> okay, that's not the question that I asked. Oh, sorry. I said, are you on the upward? So what? What is the, what? <laughs> Are you plateauing right now? Yeah. Mm. I feel like when you're going to plateau your whole whole life. Listen, I argue to my wife about this, about Mm. the idea that um, when you die, or sorry, (laughs) excuse me, when you're born, you start dying instantly. Whoa. (laughs) That's sad. But like, okay, it instantly sounds bad. But I mean, like you're on your, you're dying. Well, I guess. Like, yeah. no, you're growing. It's sort of a sad way to look at things, especially to somebody who just birthed, a, just birthed a child. Yeah. Hey, your kid's dying. Uh, already. <laughs> so fast. I know. Well, every, yeah. Okay. I really took this for a really yeah. hard curve, yeah. and I think we should get right out of it. Yeah. This <laughs> getting, I'm, I'm going to cry. And really you're gonna sad. Cry. You're already crying. and I, I am. And I am about to. So. I'm weeping, honestly. <laughs> we went from... From where did we even start? My whole retirement question, which Your is stupid in the first place. It was not stupid. So you for sure would just work 10 years at a job that sucked. Yeah, I could do that easily. I'm sh- well, how bad does it suck? I don't know how bad it could have to suck. <laughs> like, How many hours are you working a day, a week? Um, I, need I don't to, know. I need, I need to be more specific. If it's a nine to five job, I could do almost anything from nine to five. Eight hours. Drawing a heart over there. I did draw a heart on this sticky note. I don't know why. That's so. I was. (laughs) That's. You emasculated yourself. Come to think of it, I do feel like less of a man. (laughs) I was. I was just kind of. I had my pencil here, and it kind of scribbled into something, and I turned it into a heart because it it was close to. Okay. Well, let's hit the news. First up in the news, we're hitting the news for the first time in a couple of weeks. I haven't had, obviously, we've had so many games to talk about. Uh, I haven't really had time to go into news things, but we're going to take less time uh, on the games this week and we're going to take more time on other things. And first up in the news, we had a ton of COVID 19 news this week. Fantastic. You got to love COVID 19 news. It's back. And we had our biggest scare so far for the NFL season. Uh, three weeks in, just before the start of week four, we had the Tennessee Titans, multiple players and coaches are uh, being tested positive uh, for COVID-19. Uh, and they ended up uh, post... The, originally, the plan, and we talked about it on last week's episode, that's when uh, we initially found out about the Titans players testing positive. They initially had planned to play the games uh, as they were, to play them at one o'clock the way they were. Uh, but things changed, and they actually ended up post uh, postponing the Titans and Steelers game that was supposed to be played this week. Uh, they've moved it to week seven, uh, and the, so the Titans had their bye week this week. Uh, the Steelers will not play this week. Uh, they will move that game to week seven. I believe they're moving around other games uh, with the Ravens in order to accomplish this. So the NFL, I think, got really lucky here this week. Uh, they handled it pretty well, got pretty lucky, uh, somehow, you know, the Titans were playing the Minnesota Vikings and somehow nobody on the Vikings, uh, caught the virus at, nobody tested positive on the Vikings. There was a, t- uh, also a false positive test for the New Orleans Saints. So there was a little bit of a scare there. And then we had probably the biggest name to catch, uh, the COVID-19 virus during the season. And that was Cam Newton, the quarterback of the New England Patriots, who's gotten off to a really, really good start with the Patriots. He was actually diagnosed with COVID-19, uh, and then they ended up postponing the game, the, the Chiefs and and uh, and Patriots game. Uh, it was supposed to be played at 1 o'clock on Sunday, but they ended up moving it to Monday so that they had more time to test more players. Cam Newton did not play. We'll get into that game later on. But yeah, COVID affecting uh, the games for the very first time. Uh, it was really crazy to have two Monday night games uh, on Monday night football. I I didn't hate it, but I really liked how the Chiefs and Patriots game started at seven o'clock. They should do that for the rest of time forever. 
I, I think the eight o'clock thing is just really late, especially if you have to work in the morning. I mean, seven o'clock was awesome. Uh, but yeah, there was two games. We'll get into those games at some point later. And then the final bit of news, Texans give Bill O'Brien his walking papers after six, seven seasons rather in Houston. Bill O'Brien has officially been fired after an 0-4 start. They lost this week. We'll get into that as well when we go through the games. Uh, they're 0-4 after one of the toughest starts to a schedule you could possibly imagine for the Houston Texans. Bill O'Brien finishes with a 52-48 and record all-time. Uh, and just some of the moves he's made in the past few uh, off-seasons really, I think, sealed his fate. It is kind of, it is kind of questionable for the Houston Texans' ownership to, to bring O'Brien back uh, for this season. Have him trade away your best player, essentially, in DeAndre Hopkins. And, and, and then after four, four games of the season, he's already torn down the roster. The next coach coming in will, have, will not have a first-round pick or a second-round pick. Both of those have been shipped off to Miami for Laramie Tunstall and Kenny Stills. So you, you've essentially had him come and tear down your entire team. And now after four weeks, you're going to fire him. doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I would have, I mean, I thought that they would let him maybe play this season out. I did not expect Bill O'Brien to be the first head coach fired. Uh, obviously, there's a coach in New York that I think should be fired much sooner than Bill O'Brien. But Bill O'Brien, uh, no longer the coach there in Houston. Romeo Cornell will take over as interim head coach. And we'll see what Houston does as far as a new head coach for the upcoming uh, NFL season next year. Now that we wrapped up the news, we're going to hop into a little bit of a different show this week. We're switching up the flow of the show. Hoping to, we're, we're trying things out. This is still a very new podcast. We are on episode 26 now, which is crazy. We've been doing I think this we would have figured it out by yeah, now. Yeah, no, it's we're still very much playing it by ear. <laughs> Uh, we're all only four weeks into the NFL season, so I'm kind of uh, experimenting, seeing what we can do. And we're going to try to go through the games a little bit quicker this week. Uh, I know Joe will really enjoy that. He doesn't. Yeah. He, he, he gives me a death stare every time we go have to go through the 16 games. We're going to try to go through them a little bit quicker. And then we're going to do more of a uh, uh, sort of like a Colin Coward type of, uh, of show where I'm going to have three big topics I'm going to discuss uh, and, and go more in depth on. Uh, as opposed to going into the game super in-depth. But yeah, we did have games this week. We only had 15 games, obviously, since the Pittsburgh uh, versus uh, Tennessee game was moved uh, to week seven. But we had 15 games, uh, and there was a lot of good games mixed in. A lot of crazy outcomes, a lot of really fun, fun football being played, uh, big-time performances. But why don't we just start it off with Thursday night football, the Broncos at the Jets, and I won a coffee again this week, Joel. You can suck it. The Broncos beat the Jets 37-28. to Melvin Gordon was the leading rusher there. He had 23 attempts, 107 yards, two touchdowns. He had a 43-yard touchdown to put the dagger in the heart of the New York Jets. Sam Darnold started off really hot, had a huge touchdown run, 46-yard touchdown run, got hurt. Uh, and yeah, the, the Broncos somehow, with all their injuries, win a football game. I mean, they are playing the worst team in the NFL, uh, the New York Jets. And Gase is somehow still there. I talked about last podcast how I don't understand how Gase would be there after Thursday night. They lost. He's still there. Don't get it. Moving on. The next game, we have the Browns at the Cowboys. And this was one of my favorite games of the week. Uh, Two teams that I'm really fond of, two teams that I'm really high of. And I said going into this game that the Browns could make a huge statement going into this game. And they absolutely did that as they came away with a 49-38 to victory over the Dallas Cowboys in Arlington, Texas. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. finally, finally showing himself in a Cleveland Browns uniform. Had a monster game. 154 total yards, uh, 81 receiving yards, 75 rushing yards, 3 touchdowns. Had that huge run at the end of the game to put the dagger again in the heart of of the Dallas Cowboys, uh, and the Cowboys dropped to one in three on the season somehow with Dak Prescott playing as good as he is. I mean, he was 41 for 58, 502 yards and four touchdowns in this game. Uh, but the 
the Cleveland Browns came on top, and this was a fun, crazy game. And credit to the Browns. This is a huge win for Cleveland. I think this is a statement win. Uh, you couldn't really ask for a bigger win for Cleveland right now. Moving on to the next game, the Chargers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers come away with a 38-31 victory and another really, really fun game as the two quarterbacks in this game separated by more than 20 years in age. Tom Brady and Justin Herbert absolutely balled out in this game. Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers got off to a really, really hot start, had a big lead. Uh, Justin Herbert ended 20 for 25, 290 yards, three touchdowns. But Tom, mother freaking Brady, did something that I was not expecting out of him this season. He had 369 yards on 46 attempts, uh, 30 completions, five touchdowns from Tom Brady. He's now the oldest player in NFL history to throw for five touchdowns at the ripe age of 43. Joe, that's when you're hitting your prime, right? At 43? My second prime, actually. My second wind, if you will. Second wind, second prime. You're going to take a little bit of a dip in your your mid-30s and then right back into your prime it's gonna at be 43. My, my, my emo phase, I think. It's kind of the trajectory of Tom Brady's career. It's going to be your emo phase. Yeah, my alternative scene <laughs> I'm going to be in at that time. It's going to be your midlife crisis. <laughs> You're going to be a, a goth then. You're yeah. going to turn into a goth guy. Oof. That's kind of what Tom Brady did, turning into a goth man. Uh, goth man. I don't know what that is, but he threw for five <laughs> touchdowns. Uh, this Buccaneers team is really putting things together, and it's, it's exciting. Uh, a lot of people, I think, were... Really wanted to overreact week one when they lost to the Saints and they did not look good. But they've looked pretty good ever since. They're they're really starting to gel. Uh, Tom Brady, uh, insane to throw for five touchdowns at that age. I mean, uh, like we talked about, he he's he really is in his second prime. Uh, you know, he, I still don't think this offense is where it can be. And that's maybe the scary part. Uh, and the crazy thing is the offense is not even the strength of this team. The defense, a really young, fun defense. Uh, so, you know, a, a fun team and, and Justin Herbert, the rookie quarterback has played way better than I ever expected, you know, credit to him. I thought that he would look scared. He would not be ready to play. He's played phenomenal and he went toe to toe with the goat this week. Moving on to the next game and it is my Miami Dolphins losing yet again to the Seattle Seahawks, a 31 to 23 victory for the Seattle Seahawks. Russ kept cooking. He was Mr. Unlimited again. This week, he was 23 for 34, 360 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Fitz Magic was a little bit more like Fitz Tragic this week. Uh, he had 315 yards still. He had no touchdowns, two interceptions. This game uh, was closer than people expected. Uh, and I I expected the game to be closer than people expected. Uh, I don't think the Dolphins are nearly as bad as an overall team as people say they are. Uh, but they, they play the Seahawks. Pretty close. They made some stupid, stupid mistakes. Uh, and they did not deserve to win this game by any means. And Seattle shows why they're one of the best teams uh, in the NFL. And Russell Wilson shows why he's the MVP favorite right now. Moving on to the next game. And Joe, how are we doing for time? Or like, are, 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 am I going through this quick enough? Or like, what do you think? How many have you done so far? Uh, I think four or five. Oh, and well, we're like 38 minutes in with the, I think, 11 or 12 minutes that we're going to edit out <laughs> oh, so, from yeah, the beginning. That's fine, right? You're doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks, man. If ever I'm going too long, don't say anything, okay? <laughs> Keep quiet out there, but we're moving on. Hold it in. To the next game. It's the Saints at the Lions. And the Lions once again had a double-digit lead in this game and blew it. Uh, the Saints win 35-29. to Alvin Kamara once again carrying... The New Orleans Saints offense, he had 119 total yards, a touchdown on 22 touches. Uh, Matthew Stafford did not play all that well, 17 for 31, 206 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, the Saints are, I think their offense is improving. It's getting better. It, it doesn't look nearly as bad as it did uh, the last couple of weeks. I, th- I think they're going to take some time to to mesh, and it's it's been tough, I think, without Michael Thomas there. Uh, but Drew Brees is starting to look more like Drew Brees. Uh, certainly more than he did uh, earlier on in the season. But this was a good win uh, for the New Orleans Saints and and to keep them right on track. And then moving on to the next game, it was the Cardinals at the Panthers. And the Cardinals drop a second straight game after a really, really hot start. They lost 21-31 to the Carolina Panthers' Teddy Bridgewater, probably playing one of the best games we've ever seen 
from him in his career. He was 26 for 37, 276 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Outplayed Kyler Murray, who had who was 21, 24 for 31, 133 yards. He did have three touchdowns. He also had 78 yards on the ground. But I think this Cardinals team has taken a step back the last couple of weeks. Uh, their passing offense has not looked nearly as good. Uh, and credit to credit to the Carolina Panthers. They're, this is very, very obviously a rebuilding team. Uh, but Matt Rule, that new coach there uh, in Carolina, has done a, a phenomenal job uh, having a competitive product on the field. I mean, they don't even have Christian McCaffrey right now. They went 0-2 with Christian McCaffrey. Then they've now gone 2-0 uh, without Christian McCaffrey. So credit to Matt Rule. I think that Carolina is in good hands with Matt Rule. Uh, and they are rebuilding, but they're rebuilding and they're playing competitive every week, and they picked up their second straight win this week. Moving on to the next game, it is the Bengals at the Jaguars, and Joe Burrow picks up his very first win as a quarterback in the NFL. It was a 33-25 victory for the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow was 25 for 36, 300 yards on the dot, a touchdown and a pick. Joe Mixon also had a pretty decent game. The two Joes in the backfield, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon. It's a weekend full of Joes. I, uh, just a, we should get those guys on the pod, man. Haven't we already? I know. That's crazy. That's two Joes in one system. You, you can't go wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? And they were not wrong with that in this game. Joe, uh, Joe Mixon had 25 carries, 151 yards, uh, six yards per carry, two touchdowns. He balled out in this game. Huge game. Gardner Minshew, uh, he was fine in this game. Certainly was not the problem. But I think the Jaguars are kind of going back to the mean. They they played, I think, a little bit above their their talent level the first few weeks. And now people are starting to realize, okay, this is the Jacksonville team that we thought we'd be getting. Uh, and they're not playing all that well. But the Cincinnati Bengals, you got to love what you have with Joe Burrow. Uh, he's the first uh, rookie quarterback in NFL history to throw for 300 yards in three straight games. And he's, he's like I've said every week, he does not look like a rookie. And he's playing with an atrocious offensive line. He's getting sacked constantly, constantly under pressure, constantly getting hit. He's just so tough, and he just does not look like a rookie. He's played phenomenal uh, so far. Even if it has not yet translated into wins, they've been competitive every week. And you got to give respect to Joe Burrow. Moving on to the next game, it was the Bills going into Las Vegas and defeating the Las Vegas Raiders 30-23. Josh Allen continues his MVP bid. Uh, He's a legitimate MVP contender despite all the hate, all the shade that I was throwing at him early in the season. He went 24 for 34, 288 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Derek Carr also played a a pretty good game. He He was 32 for 44, 311 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, but just too many mistakes by the Raiders in this game. It seemed like every time they got into Bills territory, they would do something stupid like fumble the ball or or not convert on a fourth down. Or, you know, they just made mistake after mistake, and you cannot make mistakes like that when you're playing this Bills team. This is this Bills team is is one of the better teams in the NFL right now. They score 30 points a week. Josh Allen is playing phenomenal. I mean, they have receivers all over the field making circus catches. Stephon Diggs has been probably one of, if not the best, free agent acquisition. Uh, I know he was a trade, but but off-season acquisition. Accusate? Ac- acquisition? Accus- you acquire something. Acquisition? Is that the right way to say that? Ac- acquisition. 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 I, I was going to say acquire- acquiration. Acquiration. <laughs> He's definitely been the best acquiration uh that we've seen uh, in a long time. I mean, he's been huge. He's leading the league right now. Uh, him and and Josh Allen through four weeks have 403 yards on 26 catches. He had another 111 yards in this game. So Stephon Diggs has been huge so far this season. And this Bills team is fun. They've made me look dumb uh, week in and week out. Uh, and I'm okay with that. They're fun to watch. They're a fun team. And they keep rolling this week. On to the next game. We just went from one of the f- most fun teams, the Buffalo Bills, to probably the most boring game of week one, uh, four, rather, and that was the Colts playing the Chicago Bears, and the Colts beat the Bears 19-11, to and like I said, this game was boring. I mean, my goodness, uh, if you like three and outs, this was the game for you because they were happening early, and they were happening often. Uh, neither, neither, neither offense could move the ball in this game. 
And listen, Chicago, I'm I'm just gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. Bisky would have he would he would have moved the ball better better than Nick Foles. He would have. He would have. Right. He would have. Okay. Nick Foles, you know, he did not play well in this game. He was 26 for 42, 249 yards, a touchdown and a pick. Come on. Bisky's going to at least give you two touchdowns, two picks. I mean, come on. What's a pick? An interception. Okay. It's a bad one. Yeah, it's a it's a no-no. <laughs> uh, an okay. interception. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, Foles did not play good. The Colts defense is really, really good. I mean, they, they're, they're, they're the best part of this team. Phillip Rivers was fine. He was 16 for 29, 190 yards a touch, and a touchdown. Uh, yeah, the Colts have probably one of the most dominant defenses in the NFL and they just suffocate teams. I mean, they just, uh, they, they kind of just take the will out of teams. And we saw that with Nick Foles and with Chicago this week, they could not get anything done. The only reason they got 11 points is because they got a touchdown late in that game. Uh, but before that, Nick Foles was not able to move the ball whatsoever. Uh, Allen Robinson is my one takeaway. If that's positive for the bears in this game, Allen Robinson is awesome. They should lock that guy up. He's a phenomenal uh, receiver. He made an incredible catch there near the end. But the Colts, they continue to roll. They're looking good after a disappointing week one. Real quick before we move on to the next game, I forgot that I put this, but in my notes I have Foles equals poop and Bisky equals goat. So that's really all you need to know about what this podcast is about. <laughs> I was expecting it to rhyme and be witty, but it was no, just no. In- immature. Immature oh, and bad, but... Let's get Bisky back on the field so we can talk about him on the podcast, please. Moving on to the next game, another boring game, back-to-back games. We're going to quickly go through this one. It was the Giants losing to the Rams, 17-9. Giants suck. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL. They're just bad. Daniel Jones has been bad. Uh, He had 190 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, Pretty, yeah, like I said, pretty boring. The Rams could not get anything going. I don't know how. It was the Giants have an atrocious defense. Um, Jared Goff had 200 yards, a touchdown, and no interceptions. Uh, like I said, Giants are bad. Rams are better. That's why they won. Uh, moving on to the next game, it was the Ravens getting a little bit of revenge after being embarrassed on Monday Night Football last week by Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Lamar Jackson goes in and says, I'm just going to dismantle the Washington football team. And they won 31-17. to Lamar Jackson, you want to tell me his stats this week, my guy? Good. Good. Nice. Yeah. His his stats were good. As in it's good. As in my man Justin Tucker kicking kick butt. Ripping ripping field goals. Yeah. Ripping fields, baby. That's well, that was yeah, kind of how it went. I mean, Lamar Jackson was 14 for 21, 193 yards passing. Certainly a lot better than not even going hundred yards last year, uh last week rather. Uh he had a touchdown and a pick. He also had seven carries for 53 yards. 50 of those yards came on a big-time touchdown run where he looked super fun, like always. Lamar Jackson uh, putting a beating on the Washington football team. Put, I would say, like, shellacking them. Mike Dupp likes to make a big deal about me saying shellacking. They don't know what that, it means. That one week. Do you know what it means? Have you ever heard that before I've I said I've never heard of it. Shellacking? Uh, maybe it's just like a sports term, but yeah. Shellacking? If you really beat somebody, you shellack them. Shellac. Maybe it's not a real word, and now I'm actually insecure about saying it. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, saying some made up thing you you dreamt even about if one I time. Did, even if it's not real, I made it up, and it's my thing. That's good. Uh, and Dwayne Haskins looks like he's making things up as he goes through. He's just not playing well right now. I mean, uh, there's there's rumors that he potentially was almost benched in this game. He did have the most yards he's ever thrown for in a game. Uh, that was 314 yards. He did not throw a touchdown. Uh, he didn't throw a pick though. But uh, Baltimore looks like they're back to normal. And Haskins, I think, he, he still needs to prove more. And shout out to Ron Rivera. He seems to be having a lot of health problems with his cancer. Uh, he's a hero. Uh, he's awesome. I can't believe that he's doing what he's doing right now while battling cancer. Uh, and I hate that I have to say negative things about the Washington football team because Ron Rivera is awesome. But hopefully he can get an awesome quarterback in there at some point as well. Moving on to the final few games here. We had the Vikings at the Texans. This was two teams that desperately needed a win, both coming in at 0-3, both coming in at disappointing starts this season. And the Vikings finally pick up that win. Uh, We talked about how the Houston Texans fired Bill O'Brien after starting 0-4 and losing to the Minnesota Vikings. Dalvin Cook, it was Dalvin cooking in this game. Uh, He had 27 carries, 130 yards, two touchdowns. Deshaun Watson still played fairly well. Uh, he, he was 20 
for 33, 300 yards, two touchdowns, and no picks. Uh, the Texans, like I said, they fired Bill O'Brien. They're going to start fresh. I would love to see them bring in a guy like Eric Bieniemy, who I think should have gotten a head coaching job uh, probably two years ago already. I think he really deserves to be a head coach somewhere. Uh, I would love to see them bring him in. As far as the Vikings go, you know, you're still in a tough spot. You're one in three, but you definitely, definitely needed a win this week. And hopefully they can build a, build off this win and Dalvin Cook can continue playing really, really well. Next, we had the Eagles going into Levi Stadium and playing the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, this was a crazy game. I mean, both teams had a ton of injuries all over the field. An ugly, ugly game for both teams. Carson Wentz continues to look bad. We're going to get into that later in the in the podcast. I won't dive too deep into that right now. Uh, he hasn't looked good. Uh, George Kittle did look really good in his first game back. He had 15 catches, 183 yards uh, and a touchdown, but the Philadelphia Eagles did come out with a 25-20 victory. Uh, like I said, Carson Wentz still doesn't look good. This was an ugly, ugly victory for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, and for the 49ers, you have a lot of injuries. Uh, you, you know, Nick Mullins looked rough in this game, but uh, I would say, given all the injuries, that you know you're in a decent spot. You're two and two through four weeks, despite not having your starting quarterback. And I almost walk away feeling better about the 49ers than I do about the Eagles, even though the Eagles picked up a victory. And now the game that was flexed into uh, Monday Night Football after uh, being moved from Sunday night because Cam Newton was not able to play it was the Patriots and Chiefs. And it's, it's a real bummer that Cam Newton did not play in this game. But the Patriots still played re- relatively close with the Chiefs for most of this game. Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, I think, did a good job keeping them in this game. Brian Hoyer sucks. He's really bad at quarterback. I mean, the guy's a veteran. He made some really bad mistakes, really, really bad mistakes that just hurt them. Jared Stidham came in, uh, and he didn't look all that much better. He had two interceptions. Uh, Damian Harris for the Patriots played fairly well. He had 17 carries, 100 yards. Uh, But like I said, Stidham and Hoyer really were the downfall of this team. It would have been nice to see Cam Newton in in this uh, this game because the Patriots' defense was playing really well, I thought, in this game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had nowhere to throw for a lot, a lot of this game. Uh, He ended ended with 236 yards and two touchdowns. uh, And the the Chiefs continue to, to, to win. They're undefeated at this point, one of the better teams in the NFL. And I think the Patriots, the Patriots, they just... They they don't lose badly and like they don't lose often and when they do they they lose in convincing fashion uh, or non convincing fashion depending on which way you want to take that but they are competitive every week um, I think Bill Belichick it's a credit to him obviously credit to Josh McDaniels uh, I think this team's going to be in really good hands when Cam comes back uh, and they'll still be a playoff contending team and finally the final game. Of week one, we made it through the games. I hope a little bit quicker than usual. Some of you will probably think that it was not any quicker at all. But the Falcons at the Packers, this was the original Monday night game. And the Packers continue their dominance through four weeks. They're 4-0 now, and the Falcons are 0-4. Aaron Rodgers was awesome. He was really feeling himself in this game. He had four touchdowns on 327 yards. Matt Ryan, uh, he had no touchdowns, also no picks. He had 285 yards. But the Packers, they could very well be the best team in the NFL right now. Uh, I mean, they they look fun. They look confident. Aaron Rodgers is 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 cooking right now, uh, and and they 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 put a beating on on this Falcons team. And the Falcons, they they look they look like a mess right now. They look out of sorts. Uh, Todd Gurley looks slow. Uh, he does not he does not look like the same player. Uh, Julio Jones was injured again. Calvin Ridley was held to no catches in this game. So not a great game for the Atlanta Falcons, but Green Bay walks away with a 30-16 to victory. And finally, we have to give away, obviously, our average Joe of the week. And you may ask yourselves, what is an average Joe of the week? Well, everybody, they want to give credit to, oh, this guy had such a good game. He had 150 yards rushing, two touchdowns, all that, blah, blah, blah. We like here at the Average Joe Football Show, we like to give credit to the guys, the unsung heroes, the guys that come in, they punch the clock, punch the clock, punch the time card. Some of them, something <laughs> like, like that. The punch in, punch out, punch in, punch out. They get the job done. It may not always be flashy, but it, but it, you know, they get the job done. They get the win. And this week, we have 
for the second straight week, a special teams player. Last week we had Joey Sly, the very first Joe to win average Joe of the week. This week we have a punter, a punter winning average Joe of the week, and it's Sam Cook. I believe it's pronounced Sam Cook. I was going to look it up before the podcast, and now I forgot. How's it spelled? K O C H. Koch. 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 I bet you it's Koch. No, look at it. I'm pretty sure it's Cook. I'm almost positive it's Cook. What, uh, you know, his name is not spelled right, but he played right this week. Uh, the key, he was, he had three punts for 141 total yards punting. Uh, he had three inside the 20, but most importantly, on a key fourth down, he had a huge 15-yard completion on a fake punt. And like I said, nobody's going to talk about Sam Cook this week. But here on the Average Joe Football Show, we're going to talk about him because he is just average enough to win the Average Joe, but just good enough to get that recognition. So shout out to Sam Cook this week. Is it Sam Cook? Joe, are you found, have you found it? <laughs> what are you doing? Pronouncenames.com <laughs> Sam Cook? Shut up. <laughs> I'm serious. I told you, man. Shut it's, up. It's Sam Cook. It's That's not how it should be pronounced. Absolutely not. But moving on to the next segment. And like I said, we're going to do things a little bit different this week. Uh, we went through the games a little bit quicker, hopefully a little bit quicker. Um, and we're going to we're gonna do three key discussion topics that I'd like to talk about this week. The first thing that I'm going to discuss is the NFC East. Uh, and through four weeks, the NFC East has a combined three wins. With the Philadelphia Eagles currently sitting at 1-2-1. One, one. That's one win, two losses, and a tie. And they're currently sitting at the very top of the division. And it's got a lot of people asking, what the heck is wrong with this division? Uh, and to me, you know, we, we can dive into this a little bit. Uh, before we do, uh, the, first, the, the, the bottom two teams, the Washington football team and the New York Giants, we knew going into the season they were not going to be good. So we're, they're not the problem in this division. I had them ranked, I believe the Giants were my 32nd team uh, in my, in my uh, preseason power rankings. And I had the Washington football team as the 30th team. So I expected them to be, them to be bad. This is not on them that this division is, a, is an utter joke right now. But it's the Eagles and the Cowboys. Two teams that I was fairly high on. I thought the Cowboys especially were going to be really good. I still think they have potential to be if they can just get their act together. But we're going to start with the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles so far through four weeks have been one of the most frustrating teams to watch uh, in football. And, and yes, yes, you can talk about injuries and they've had their their fair share of injuries for sure. They 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 have not had starting receivers for, mo- for most of the season. They have not had uh, a full starting offensive line. They obviously lost Brandon Brooks at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, and, and they've had injuries all over that offensive line. And we, and we know that. But the biggest problem for this team is not the injuries. The biggest problem for this team is their quarterback right now. And, and that's, that's crazy to talk because just a couple years ago, uh, the year that they won the Super Bowl, uh, Carson Wentz was playing at an MVP level. He was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I thought he played really well at times last year. And I, and I like Carson Wentz, but this year he just flat out has been awful. And, there, and there's no, no way to go around it. He's been, he's been brutal this year. Uh, PFF, Pro Football Focus, they give ratings, obviously, to players. Uh, and they have him right now ranked as the 33rd best quarterback uh, in the NFL. And that's 35 uh, quarterbacks that are eligible to be ranked. So he's 33rd. Out of 35 eligible quarterbacks. That is insane. Like I said, we're talking about a guy who a couple years ago was an MVP candidate. Was one of the young up-and-coming quarterbacks that everybody was so excited about. And now he's, uh, according to PFF, he is around guys like Dwayne Haskins, Brett Rippon, Jeff Driscoll. Uh, you know, guys like Nick Mullins. Those are some of the names that he's surrounded by right now, sitting at 33 in their rankings. He's been awful. He's missing throws left and right. It's an, it's infuriating to watch this guy play. I mean, he can't make the simple throws. You can talk about them not having receivers, but their receivers in this last game, they weren't making 
horrible plays. They weren't dropping passes left and right. Carson Wentz cannot hit a throw in the flat to Miles Sanders. He cannot throw the simple dump-off passes right. He looks panicked in the pocket at times. He makes stupid decisions. Uh, He has, so far, through four games, he has just four touchdowns on seven interceptions. I mean, he's been he's been flat out awful. He is the problem for this team. And you can talk about injuries. There are other teams that are dealing with injuries right now. There are other teams. The team that they just played, the San Francisco 49ers, have injuries all over the field at more key positions, arguably, than uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. They don't even have their starting quarterback right now. And they're 2-2. Two and two, and, and they... And they barely, barely lost the Philadelphia Eagles, who just picked up uh, their first win. So to me, the biggest problem for the Eagles right now is their quarterback. Their quarterback needs to play better, and you're hoping when the receivers come back and and hopefully when they get more offensive linemen back that he can improve. But so far, I'm not seeing it with Carson Wentz. And then you want to talk about the, the other team, the team that I think should far and away be leading this division. It shouldn't even be close, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, Dak Prescott... And this is an insane stat. Dak Prescott right now uh, is on pace to throw for 6,700 yards. 6,700 yards. To put that in perspective, Peyton Manning has the record for most passing yards in a season. And it's 5,477. No quarterback has ever thrown for 5,500 yards and Dak Prescott right now, through four weeks, is on pace for 6,700. He has nine touchdowns on three picks. He's also got three rushing touchdowns. He's got 1,690 yards. I mean, the guy is, is, is putting up ridiculous numbers. He had 500 yards passing this week and four touchdowns. I don't understand how you can lose a game when you have 500 yards and four touchdowns from your quarterback but actually, I do understand it's because this defense is is brutal, is absolutely brutal. They are the one of, if not the worst defense in the NFL. And Daniel Jeremiah had a thing on his Twitter where he's talking about it's the lack of effort on this team. I mean, this defense is not showing effort. Uh, they have some pieces. I mean, Alden Smith has played fairly well in coming back. He, he's been up there in the sack leaders. I mean, he's, he's playing well. Uh, but even him, I mean, this this the lack of effort and how atrocious this defense is. They're 30th in yards allowed. They're 32nd in points allowed. That's that's last and third last in the NFL in those respective categories. Mike Nolan, the defensive coordinator, I think is on very, very thin ice because this team, they are way too good on offense, way too talented. Even on defense, they have pieces. This team is too good to, to be with a team uh, like Philadelphia right now in the same conversation uh, as a team like Washington right now. This team is too, way too good. And, and, and their defense is letting them down. And I think some of the mistakes early on, uh, they make too many mistakes early in the game. And that's on Dak Prescott too. He's fumbling the ball. Ezekiel Elliott is fumbling the ball. We saw in Atlanta, they had four fumbles in the first quarter outrageous it's just ridiculous you cannot make mistakes like that this team needs to be better Mike McCarthy was brought in to make this team better and without Jason Garrett they have not looked better so far so to me uh, the the biggest problem with the NFC East right now is the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles not playing up to par uh, not playing as well as they should right now and I you can talk about injuries you can talk about this you can talk about that Eventually, you're going to run out of excuses, and you're just going to see that Carson Wentz is not playing well. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys defense is awful, and the Dallas Cowboys make too many mistakes. They're too good, too talented to be playing this bad. Uh, and if you want to talk about who's going to who's going to come out of this division, right now, none of these teams deserve to win this division. But I still think, I, I think, I think the Cowboys can put it together. Uh, I, I hope their defense can play, you know, even halfway decent football, and they would be a phenomenal team. Uh, and I think if I had to guess right now, I would say the Cowboys will win this division. They have they have a really easy schedule coming up. They face the Giants, they face the Cardinals, and then Washington, uh, and then they f- face Philadelphia. You could r- uh, rattle off four straight wins right there. Uh, I, I I looked at their schedule, and I think they could still finish around 10-6, and six, but you got to get off to a better start than you have so far. And the reason... Uh, that I think 
the main reason that I think the Cowboys will finish better uh, than the Philadelphia Eagles is the most important position on the football field quarterback. And, and the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback is just not playing good enough. And if you want me to bet on these two teams, I'm going to take the team that has the better quarterback because both of them have played not nearly as well as they should. But if you're, if you're betting on a team, you always want to bet on the team that has a quarterback that's playing out of his mind right now. He just needs the other guys to just pick up a little bit of slack. Moving on to the next topic, and this one is one that hits a little bit close to home because it's about my Miami Dolphins. And through four weeks, the Dolphins are now 1-3, uh, coming off a loss to the Seattle Seahawks. Ryan Fitzpatrick threw two more interceptions, looked a lot, lo- a lot more like Fitz tragic in this game. Uh, the Dolphins could not, could not score touchdowns in this game. Uh, they, they kicked five field goals. And like I said, going into this game, I, did, I don't think the Dolphins overall as a team are as nearly as bad as people think they are. I've heard people uh, put them in the same category as a team like the Jets, uh, you know, teams like that that are, or like the Giants, the bottom feeder teams. I don't think they're at that level. Do I think they're a playoff team? Absolutely not. Uh, but the big question right now for the Dolphins is, is it Tua time? Is it time for Tua Tonga to get his very first start uh, to lead this team? And uh, I think it's time. I think it's time for Tua Tonga to get in the game and play and it doesn't make any sense to me why he's not they made the decision that he's going to play that he is not going to start uh, against the San Francisco 49ers this week Ryan Fitzpatrick will get the start uh, Brian Flores did seem like he was up in the air at some point so maybe they are considering it at this point uh, but to me uh, you look around the league and two of the four quarterbacks selected uh, in the first round of this year's draft are have started games and they've looked good I mean, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert have both looked comfortable. They've looked great. Uh, at times, they've 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 outplayed uh, quarterbacks that should be better than them. I mean, we we've seen these two quarterbacks play really good football. So you know that kind of makes me that makes me think. Uh, you know, why is Tua Tagovailoa? I mean, Justin Her- Justin Herbert was supposed to be a project player, and he's starting now. And Tua Tagovailoa was supposed to be a guy who was ready, and the only thing holding him back was injuries. And then you've heard uh, Brian Flores, until he's blue in the face, talk about how Tua's healthy, he's ready to go. Uh, and the only reason that Ryan Fitzpatrick is starting is because he gives the Dolphins the best chance to win. And now you're 1-3, and three, and it sure doesn't seem like he gives you the best chance to win anymore. I mean, you haven't been winning. You have not been winning. So is he really giving you the best chance to win? Uh, maybe we we put in Tua Tagovailoa. We see if he can can turn things around. He can set a spark uh, on this team. He can light a fire uh, because right now this team you're in a tough spot. One more loss against San Francisco next week, uh, and you you can basically kiss your season goodbye. And I think it's time. Uh, I think the best way for a young quarterback like Tua to learn is to play football. The best way to learn play football the best way to develop as a football player is to play football and if he's not healthy if that's why he's not playing then why is he not on IR why is he dressing for these games why don't you have somebody else playing the backup quarterback right now Uh, if I just think that if he's healthy if he's ready to go we know what Ryan Fitzpatrick is he's going to play great at times and he's going to make back-breaking plays at times that completely cripple a team uh we know what he is. We know he's a fun player. We know the team loves him. We know the guys rally around him. But it's time to see what Tua can do. Moving on to the final topic. Before we get into next week's picks, uh, we have so we have six teams in the NFL that remain undefeated through four weeks. Uh, and there's a six more teams that are currently uh, one-loss teams. And the question right now, because it's spooky season, you know, it's almost Halloween time. Who is the scariest team in the NFL right now? Who is the team that uh, you least want to see right now? Who is this, Joe? Who do you think is the scariest team? Just based on just based on scariness, <laughs> appearance. Uh, yeah, just on appearance. Uh, that's not where I'm going to go, but I want to know what you think. Just based on appearance. I think the scariest team is. Um, <laughs> you know, if you had, if you'd ask me who the scariest <laughs> team was, um, I would say. Yeah, the Ravens probably. Ravens, really? 
Yeah, they're good. Cause, oh, I thought you were just going to say, like, they're scary looking, but no, they're No, just, I want it to be statistical. Oh, statistical. Okay. So, like, what kind of statistics would you say make them the scariest team? They're good. But Mar Jackson is a good quarterback. <laughs> That's You're not wrong. Uh, what about, like, how they don't play against the Chiefs very well? Like, they, every time... Because I think they just got scared. They got really intimidated because... Oh, no, so you scared the scary... They scared the scaries. I... I don't know. I changed my answer. Oh. This is a legitimate reason. I think the Chiefs are the scariest team. Really? Yeah, because I think Pat Mahomes, a young quarterback, and he won Super Bowl last year, and he's playing, like, great this year. Yeah. I think that that's scary. I think that's exactly why the Ravens lost. Wow. Like, they did, and they played... He totally so, just flipped right on the Baltimore I think that Ravens. That's, that's why they played so poorly on that game that Monday night because they were scared. I think they were just very intimidated by the. Uh, that's extremely good. Re- you're almost making me second guess my my uh, choice as to my scariest team. Absolutely, the Kansas City Chiefs are a scary team right now. I mean, you have Patrick Mahomes. Is I think he he genuinely gets in people's heads because he's that good, and the Chiefs are that good they absolutely get into people's heads we've seen what they've done to the baltimore ravens the baltimore ravens looked very spooked on monday night yes. football uh, i had to drink an egg because of that i was you spooked did. they even you're sp- spooked and you got sick and I, I i did not get sick i'm fine i'm healthy healthy as a horse uh but absolutely kansas city is scary you know a team like pittsburgh with their dominant defense absolutely scary but to me the scariest team in the nfl the team that i would least want to go up against right now is the green bay packers the green bay packers to me are playing really good football really really good football uh, we aaron rodgers is one of the and it, it brings me joy i can feel it in my heart when i talk about how aaron rodgers is playing this year uh he is he is taken all the hatred all the negative talk all the doubters and he's let them fuel him they went and drafted a quarterback they traded up for a quarterback his replacement in the first round and now he's an mvp candidate he threw for another four touchdowns in uh, monday night's game and this green Bay packers team i think they're just the balance of their offense they're fourth in passing yards uh they're fourth in rushing yards they're second in total yards uh, they have zero turnovers on offense, which I had to look up to make sure that that was real. They haven't turned the ball over. Aaron Rodgers has 13 touchdowns on zero interceptions. He's 70.5% completion percentage. He's playing out of this world. And to see Aaron Rodgers play with this kind of confidence, when it seemed like last year there were times where you know he was kind of out of it, it didn't seem like him and Matt LaFleur were really meshing with each other. To see him play with this confidence... And you saw him if you watched Monday Night Football, him smiling, him laughing. It's 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 that uh, I'm smarter than you, uh, and I am a better football player than you, and I'm gonna I'm just gonna beat you. And 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 there's nothing more exciting to me. And this happened on Monday night. It ended up in an incompletion, an overthrow. I think it was more of a just a throwaway. But when Aaron Rodgers is rolling to his left or right, and you see him just take take that little flick of the wrist, uh, flick of the wrist rather. And just launch the ball. I mean, he did this before Patrick Mahomes did this. But there's few plays in football that's more exciting than Aaron Rodgers flicking his wrist and the ball getting launched. And you you can't see what's down the field, but to see that ball get launched, and that's exciting. I'm so excited for this Green Bay Packers team. And to me, they're playing with such confidence. Aaron Rodgers is so fired up right now. And then he went on Pat McAfee's podcast, uh, McAfee, if you will, Joe. Pat McAfee's podcast. He does a weekly spot on that podcast. Um, it would have been nice if he would ask if he could do a weekly spot on this podcast, but that's fine. <laughs> um, and then he says, uh, yes, uh, he, he said, oh, everybody's talking about how I'm having a down year or had a down year last year. And he says, oh, but down years for me are career years for most quarterbacks. And I was wow, like, that yeah, good for him. That's the coolest thing in the whole world. That's... He's just, I'm all about it. He's feeling himself right now. He's angry and he's, he's ready to, you know, compete for a championship. And I just love it. I mean, that kind of swagger on Aaron Rodgers is dangerous. He's reminding everybody, like I said, before the season started, I'm just going to toot my own owner here. I said, Aaron Rodgers <laughs> played good last year. He's not over the hill yet. Uh, he's, He's reminding everybody, hey, remember remember me before Patrick Mahomes? I was Patrick Mahomes before Patrick Mahomes. I was doing things that you could never dream of before Patrick Mahomes. Don't forget about me just yet. And this Green Bay Packers team in general is, is so scary and so dominant. 
Uh, their defense is is probably the weak point uh, if you want to talk about weaknesses. But I think they're they're more of a middling uh, team. They're not like the Cowboys where they have this uh, awful awful defense that they have to deal with. Uh, but we saw you know there's potential on this defense. Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith are phenomenal pass rushers. Uh, we saw Z- uh, Jair Alexander shut down Calvin Ridley on Monday night. Zero receptions for zero yards. Joe, isn't Calvin Ridley on your fantasy team? Uh, yeah. That's rough. Zero Ouch. yards from Calvin Ridley, all because of Jair Alexander. So there's potential on that defense. Darnell Savage there at safety, the young safety. Uh, I think they have a pretty good safety tandem. Uh, but the offense, I think, is what keeps this team going. Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, fantastic duo out of the backfield. But the main thing, Aaron Rodgers is playing with a fire right now that I so much enjoy. And that, to me, is why the Green Bay Packers are the scariest team in the NFL right now. Now to close things off, we're going to go through my picks for week five. Hard to believe we're five weeks into the 2020 NFL season. Uh, last week, I went 11-4 and four in my picks. Ooh, I'm good at this, baby. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but through the season, and I didn't make picks in week one, so those are not included here. Uh, I'm 33-13. and 13. 33 and 13 through through I guess three weeks technically. Wow. But I'd say that's pretty good. I don't know what the mic'd up boys are scoring. I forget, but I'm sure I'm hanging oh, with some of them right now. Well. Yeah, oh, they definitely do picks as well. Uh so mic'd up, let me know how much better I'm doing than you. Uh and did I hit my lock last week? You might be asking. Do I have to do a punishment? Absolutely not. I locked up the Kansas City Chiefs last week. They came through. Uh, I betrayed them the week before picking against them with the Ravens. So I felt like I had to I had to lock them up, and they did that. Uh, and do we have a punishment for this week uh, if I don't get the lock right? We never come up with punishments, but I have made a lock again this week. Ice bath. Ice bath. All right, ice bath. We're going to record me butt naked doing an ice bath. Uh, <laughs> that'll get some That'll views. get some clout. Mm-hmm. That'll get the ball rolling. And I'm going to get it into my lock right off the bat and it's my Thursday night football coffee pick wow. with my buddy Joel. Uh, picking. Do you pick Thursdays and he picks Mondays? I, yeah, I pick Thursdays, he picks Mondays. Yeah. Wow. Yes. And uh, and this this Thursday, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Chicago Bears. And I'm locking up. I'm sorry, Chicago, but you bench my boy Bisky. <sighs> yeah. It's it's fight on sight now. It's personal. I'm locking up the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Whoa. I'm get I'm saying they're they're winning this week, guaranteed, or else I bathe in ice. Uh and I'll say it thrice. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> yes. are gonna win, win, win. Uh 31 to 16 is my score prediction. Who cares about score predictions? Uh, but Tampa Bay is gonna win on Thursday night. And then we move into the Sunday games. Carolina at Atlanta. Uh give me Atlanta. Uh, they, they gotta get a win at some point. They're 0-4 right now. Carolina's played well the last couple of weeks, but I think Atlanta, like I said, I, I don't really have a whole lot of reasoning as to why I'm picking them over Carolina, but they got to get a win at some point. Their offense is still really good. Matt Ryan still plays well at times, uh, so give me them over Carolina. And then we have uh, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals against uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Give me Baltimore. I think Baltimore is going to continue their dominance against everybody in the NFL except for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we have Jacksonville at Houston, and I think Houston, again, just like the Falcons, pick up their first win this season. Like I said, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think they've kind of fallen back to what we thought they would be going into this NFL season, and that's a team that's not very good, a bottom feeder team. Uh, Gardner Minshew is doing all he can, but there's not a whole lot of talent around him. I would still I would still, uh, say that he's a, he's a good quarterback, and you can build around that guy, but there's not a whole lot built around him right now and we often see teams when they fire their head coach the next week they get very motivated to win Uh, and I think Houston gets gets their first win of the season and then we have Las Vegas at Kansas City I think the Chiefs win they're just dominant like Joe said they're very scary very scary Uh, and I don't think that the Raiders have enough to not be scared Uh, and then we have Arizona at New York Uh, the Jets the New York Jets uh, like I'm going to pick against the Jets probably every week because they're a tire fire and Adam Gay sucks. Uh, and Arizona has not played well. They've sucked the last two weeks. Okay, I shouldn't say suck. Suck is suck is something that we're going to reserve for Adam Gase. 
but the the Arizona Cardinals, they have not played up to par, but I think they bounce back against a team that everybody can get a win against, and that's the New York Jets. And then we have the Battle of Pennsylvania, the Philadelphia Eagles against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense is too good. I think they're going to make Carson Wentz's life a living hell next week or this upcoming week, and Pittsburgh's going to pick up the victory. And then we have Buffalo at Tennessee. Tennessee's still dealing with a lot of COVID stuff. They're not going to be able to practice for a while yet. I think that's going to hurt them, especially against a team like Buffalo who is, who's been so dominant. Give me Buffalo against Tennessee. I definitely could see that game going the other way because I, I don't totally know what Tennessee is at this point. I, they could be a really good team. I, I, I'm not sure exactly how good. But for now, I'm going to pick Buffalo to win that game because they've they proven me wrong all season long, and uh, I'm, I'm not going to bet against them anymore. Uh, and then we have the Los Angeles Rams against the Washington football team. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, like I said, not, uh, not inspiring quarterback play from him. Uh, Sean McVay, I think, gets it done, and the Rams win uh, against the football team. And then we have Miami at San Francisco, in San Francisco. Uh, I'm not sure if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be back in this game. But regardless, I think San Francisco is going to win. Uh, Miami, like I said, they're not as bad as maybe people think they are. They have a tough start to the schedule. Uh, and I think Kyle Shanahan's he, he can really scheme up a run game. And I think that's one of the Dolphins' biggest weaknesses is run defense. So I could see them getting torched uh, by the running backs there, whether it's Raheem Mostert coming back or Jarek McKinnon. And then Denver at New England, uh, whether or not... Uh, Cam Newton is back this week. It doesn't look like he'll be back, but whether or not he is back, I think the Patriots pick up a win against Denver. And then Indianapolis at Cleveland. This was the game I had the toughest time picking. I think this is going to be a fun game to watch. Looking forward to seeing this game. Uh, but I'm going to I'm gonna pick Indianapolis. Uh, this might be kind of a bold pick. You know, their offense hasn't been amazing. Cleveland Browns coming off a huge victory. And this this one I could see really going either way. But I think that dominant defense uh, of the Indianapolis Colts could slow down that the firepower of the of the Cleveland Browns, uh, especially their run uh, run offense. And with Nick Chubb out for a couple of weeks, uh, they'll be leaning a lot more on Kareem Hunt, and they'll, they maybe need Baker Mayfield to do more. And I really, really like that Indianapolis Colts defense. And the New York Giants at the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas finally gets a chance. To bounce back, they get a big victory versus the Giants. That one should be a blowout. Should be. Please, please, Cowboys, please let that be a blowout. And then the Minnesota Vikings go into Seattle and play uh, the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday night football. And I'm going to take Seattle. Minnesota, they got their first win. I still don't think they're very good uh, right now. Uh, They have some good players. Dalvin Cook's playing well. Adam Thielen's playing well. But if you're asking me who's going to win between Kirk Cousins and Russell Wilson... Give me unlimited every time. Uh, and then the Monday night game is the Los Angeles Chargers against the New Orleans Saints. Chargers are playing well. They're playing well. They play competitive every week. Like we talked about, Justin Herbert uh, is is playing uh, really well for a rookie, especially one that was supposed to be a developmental project, playing really good. And I could see them going into New Orleans and upsetting uh, the New Orleans Saints, but but I, I can't pick against the Saints. I think they're going to get things rolling here right quick. Uh, and Alvin Kamara continues to dominate, and the Saints beat the Chargers. And then we have two teams on buys this week, so watch out on your fantasy lineups. Joe, watch out on your fantasy lineups. Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers are not playing a game this week. So, But that wraps up our picks, and that wraps up our show. Might be a little bit of a long one this week, even though I thought it was going to be a short one. But I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I really enjoyed putting the show together this week. I had a lot of fun. Uh, I have a lot of fun doing this podcast. I hope you guys have fun listening to it. And if you do, please uh, share it. Uh, Also, subscribe to us uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps a lot. Download the podcast. Downloads help a lot. And like I said, if you enjoy the show, share it. Uh, Try to spread the podcast around. Joe and I put a lot of work into it. Uh, And and when you guys share and and let us know, uh, leave us a five-star rating. Uh, Leave us a five-star review. It it helps us to to know that uh, our work is appreciated. Uh, and make sure you follow the shows on Instagram and Twitter uh, at underscore average Joe Show. Uh, Joe, you got anything to show? Anything to show me? Anything? <laughs> I'll show you some. Uh, anything to say before we wrap up the show? Can I plug something? Yeah, you absolutely. You can plug something. No, I got nothing to plug. I just okay. Want to be my kid. 
It was just you're just wasting my time. Sorry. But yeah, like I said, thank you guys for listening. We're you know every week we're gonna workshop things. We're gonna try things out on this show. If you guys have any recommendations, what you would want to see on the show, or like I said, if you uh, if you enjoy the show, make sure you spread it around. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Hope you guys are enjoying the 2020 NFL season, and we will catch you guys on the next one.